Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Put your hands together once again for GoFax. Hallelujah. The kids always say, I want to go to GoFax Church. It's like you always say church. That's GoFax Church. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for this offering. We bless let the pockets and the bags which it came from, let it be replenished. Good measure, president, shaking together. Let men give to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Okay. Scripture for today. Hosea 12, 13. One, two, go. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was, was he preserved. Hosea 12, 13. Very easy, right? Wonderful. Very easy. This one is not difficult. It shows you, this one just shows the importance of a prophet in your life. Hallelujah. That you need a prophet to get you out of Egypt. You need a prophet to preserve you. Because God works through a prophet. Hallelujah. That is why you must believe in the Lord your God. Number one be established and you must believe in his prophets to prosper. Hallelujah. Because your deliverance, your establishment, your promotion is through a prophet. Hallelujah. And a prophet, I mean when I say a prophet, I'm talking about Bible prophet, not this type of everybody has a title prophet. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. Not this type of, no, look. Unfortunately, it's one of the most abused term now. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, the term prophet is one of the most abused terms now. Now everybody calls himself a prophet and does all sorts of things. Which is no different from a, a magician. <laughs> That's not a prophet. You shall know them by their fruits. Hallelujah. So be careful. Not everybody who calls himself a prophet is a prophet. Hallelujah. Anyway. So, um, Yesterday, we couldn't go for the Founders Day because um, it was a downpour. And some of you watched the royal wedding. You feasted your eyes on it all day. I still don't get it. It's not your wedding. It's not your marriage. Why should you watch it the whole day? But some of you watched it the whole day. You feasted your eyes on it. Excited about it. It's good. You admire royalty. But like I said, I mean, I think the most, the glimpse that I watch on the news, the most powerful was the, the pastor preach. That guy really preach. 
he actually went to town. And I and he could see that I could see that the, the royals were nervous. They have not seen a black preacher like that before. <laughs> he went to town. The man went to town. You can see actually he was in the elements. The royal, the royal family grew a bit very nervous. Because they are not used to see, they are used to set solemn Solomon and the shaft seat. So when they can't see somebody. <laughs> And see that the spirit was moving the brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's good. Amen. You see, but what you must learn from it is that it is always good to preach the authentic gospel, no matter the, no matter the crowd. You see, don't sad, don't, don't, don't compromise. Yes, don't compromise and don't sell out, oh, because of the crowd, the royalty. No, no, no. Be yourself. As he preach. With all the queen, the royalty, you can see that he preached. And many people actually admire his message. Yeah. He preached love. Hallelujah. That's, that's my take on the whole message. Like, look, preach the gospel. No matter the audience or the crowd, preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Wonderful. All right, so we're still talking about greater love. Amen. Greater love has no man that understands that a man should lay down his life. And the greatest of love is that God sent his son. Okay? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. And now, uh, <clears throat> I got to the stage of talking about the new creation. Hallelujah. And it, so let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 16, memory verses. If you know all these verses by Second Corinthians five sixteen. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians five sixteen. Five sixteen. Five sixteen. Okay. No, first Corinthians, sorry. Five sixteen. Sixteen. Hey, your Bible has frozen. All right. Your Bible has frozen. Okay. You should all be able to quote it anyway. Therefore, it's frozen? Oh. Sorry. Second Corinthians 5. I'm quoting that. I'm trying to memorize the verse myself. 15. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. All things are becoming new. 517. 517. It's second. It's second, yeah. These are some verses that we learned many, many years ago. They don't go away. Hallelujah. You must learn verses whilst you are young. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Hallelujah. So, from this verse, we understood that when you are born again, the Bible says you are a new creature. Hallelujah. Not a refurbished creator. There's a difference between something being new and something patched up. Refurbished. 
The Bible says when you are in Christ, you become a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. That's what the Bible says. So it means that after you are saved, you actually become something brand new. Hallelujah. Not an old, improved version of you. Are you hearing me, church? So you are not an old, improved version when you give your life to Christ. The, the only thing is, so which part of you is new? Hallelujah. Because you don't change in your stature, you don't change in your height, you don't, you don't, you don't even change in your appetite. The things you eat. But God said you are new. Which was the question that Nicodemus asked. How can a man be born again? And Jesus explained that in John 3, 6. He says that, John chapter 3, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. So the born again process has to do with your spirit. Amen. Salvation has to do with your spirit. Not your body. Not your mind. It's your spirit. And the Bible says when you are born again, I give you a new spirit. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel 36, 26. This is how I must know verses. Ezekiel 36, 26. He says that, Ezekiel, a new heart will I give you. And, and last week I talked about this, and Bishop also spoke about it. I was very amazed that whatever I preached, Bishop also was saying the same thing. I was very happy with it. Same message. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit I will put within you. A new heart. And God said that, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. It means before you got saved, before you got saved your heart was stone. Stone. That's what you're, And you're here your heart refers to your spirit. Okay? Your heart always refers to your spirit. Two words are interchangeable. Your heart, your spirit. And the Bible says before somebody gets saved, his heart is stone. And you know what the stone is? Heart. Stubborn. So every time you exhibit stubbornness, you are exhibiting a stony heart. Stubborn. But God said, I will take away the hard heart, the stony heart. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And like Bishop was sharing last week, see, you can touch your thigh if you're a man or your breast if you're a woman. When you put your hand on it, it's soft. It goes inside. That's a soft person. That's a soft heart. It is malleable. It is something that as soon as you advise and you counsel, it listens. So, so like it's if we have to talk to you for over two hours before you change. Sometimes the whole day. See, that's a stony heart. Stubbornness. And the Bible says stubbornness is as all iniquity. You see, that scripture, most of us don't understand it. It says stubbornness. Stubbornness is as all iniquity. It means underlying every sin is stubbornness. That's what it means. It means the foundation for every sin is stubbornness. Because stubbornness is all iniquity. 
So it means that fornication, lying, adultery, stealing, the basic foundation is stubbornness. Hallelujah. And the line all iniquity. Say stubbornness. Stubbornness is as all iniquity. Because of stubbornness, that is why you move into certain areas. So, because anything that you are doing, any mistake, you have been told about it before. It's not that you have not heard, but you do it because you are stubborn. Am I preaching to you? Yeah. It's not that you don't know, you know. What have you been told? What have you been told? Don't, don't play the game. Read your... What have you been told? Clean your room. <laughs> what have you... What have you been told? Clean your room. Don't play that game. Do the homework. Turn off the phone. Get off the internet. Stop watching TV. You have, you have been told. It's not that you don't know. So the reason why you do is stubbornness. That's what the Bible says. Stubbornness is all iniquity. The basis for every mistake and sin is stubbornness. Hallelujah. Don't put your shoe here. Do not put your shoe here. And you still you put it there. Don't come to this place with your shoe on. You still come. <laughs> you understand? It's not that you don't know. Stubbornness. You need to be repeated again and again and again. Please don't give me dinner after 10 p.m. I don't eat after 10 p.m. You still want to ignite it, you are not cooking. You're stubborn. The man says that I like my food hot. I like it hot. And tell her, listen to me. The rice is hot. And the stew is cold. So when you add the rice to the stew, it will warm it. I mean, how stubborn can you be? <laughs> how stubborn can you be? Tell, tell a story. He said, the husband, the, the, the husband said, please, I like my food hot every time. Then the wife brought the rice, which was hot, and added the cold stew. And the guy said, listen to me. I want my food hot. The stew is cold. He said, the rice is hot. It will hit the stew. <laughs> Stubborn! This is all iniquity. Yes. Stubborn. Mix it. Mix it. This, uh, it will be warm. Since when? You 
cannot be counseled. That, 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 that is the reason why a lot of pastors don't do marriage counseling. Because real marriage counseling, when you talk to a couple, within five minutes, they should end. Any counseling that goes beyond 10 minutes, go and sleep. It don't work. People are stubborn. And I'm saying, stop on this. So God said that I will take away the, the, the stony heart and give you something that is soft, something that can be changed. A spirit that is advisable. Amen. 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 A spirit that is advisable. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what happens when you are saved. Amen. Amen. So you have to understand the process of being born again. Hallelujah. Amen. But your body remains the same. Your mind remains the same. The spirit is new. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. So basically being born again is more like a transplant. Okay? It's more like a heart transplant. I take away the old heart and I put in a new heart. Hallelujah. It's actually a spiritual heart transplant. So it means that, you see, and people have Transplant for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes because of some cardiomyopathy, you have a problem with your heart. So because of the problem with the heart, maybe you can't walk a certain distance. You get tired easily. So when they do the transplant, they give you a new heart. Then suddenly you can see that you can walk that distance because something new has come in. Hallelujah. But the point I want to say is that also that I want you to understand is that transplant comes with its own... You see, you must understand what has happened to you. Okay, you must have to, because when you don't know what has happened to you, you can easily get into errors. Hallelujah. So, so, so even in the natural, when they do transplant, a transplant means that something foreign has been introduced into your body. So the natural reaction of your body is to fight it. Okay? That's natural. You, the human body has a natural way of rejecting anything that is foreign. Don't you know that? Don't you know that? The human body or the basic human body, it's natural, it's default that when it doesn't like something, it rejects it. So it always rejects anything that is foreign. And it's the same thing with, even with development. Okay? Even with development, you find that, that animal of lower class cannot tolerate a different species. You don't understand it. Yeah. It is, if you put a lizard here, okay, a lizard here can only live with another lizard. If you put a cat in a lizard, they will fight. That is why, because the smaller your brain, the more you like to associate with yourself. Yes. I'm saying something. That's why when you put two lizards, they are comfortable. Bring in another animal, a crab, they'll fight it. Two rats, they are okay. Bring in a chicken, they'll fight. Because the smaller your brain, the more comfortable with our, you are with your own. So it takes advancement and brain development to be able to associate with things that are different from you. That is why they say that racism 
it's a, it shows that you are not much intelligent. People, as people mature, they overcome racism. Are you hearing me? That is why you are, going, you are, you are more likely to find racism among the Billy Hillies, the rednecks. Because your brain has to develop. You see, your brain has to develop to accept something that's different from you. Yeah. Are you hearing me? So, so tribalism, you see, that is what you see. Tribalism is all a function of development. So, your father who only went to school at a certain degree and never traveled beyond a certain radius is allowed to think that you can only marry from this village. But you have, you have gone abroad and should not think that way because your brain has developed more than that. Church is quiet. Your grandfather is allowed to think that way because he never traveled beyond a certain radius. He was loose to a homogeneous group. So he can always say, look, as for a white man, only come from this village. Because that's, that, that's his world. But you have been to university, you have a PhD, you have traveled, you live abroad, and you are still thinking, no, 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 no. Are you hearing me? How did I get into this one? The body rejects. Huh. So transplant. You are given a new heart. So the natural reaction of your body is to fight it. Are you hearing me? So the only way that new heart, which is good for you, can stay is that you have to give you some medications to suppress it. Immunosuppressant. So that they don't reject it. That is why when you do transplant, they give, they give you immunosuppressants. Medicine so that they don't fight the thing that is good for you. Otherwise, your natural tendency is to fight it. That's what I lost. This is what everybody can understand. So anybody who has had a transplant, you see, they put you on medicine so that your body doesn't fight it. Are you hearing me? So, so that is why if you have a transplant, you must know what has happened to you. So you don't do certain things. Because the same medicine that they are giving you to fight, so that the same medicine that they are giving you, so you don't fight the new heart. Okay? That same medicine, which is helping you not to fight a new heart, will also not help you to fight an infection. That's why you are at a risk of infection. Because the infection is a foreign body. So that same heart medicine that is saying that, accept this heart. It's the same heart that also tell her, accept this diarrhea, accept this bacteria. Everything is down. So it means that you must know what has happened to you. And therefore, based on the transplant, you don't go to certain high-risk areas. Are you hearing me? Knowing what has happened to you, that you have a heart, a, a, a heart transplant and you are Im- immunosuppressant, you don't go to high-risk areas. There's a crowd there, everybody's sneezing and coughing. No! Because you know what has happened to you. Hallelujah. You know what you can do and what you cannot do. Church, are you hearing me? In the same way, when you are born again, a heart change has happened to you. 
And because of the heart change, you must know who you are. What is, what, what, what you can do and what you cannot do. And, and, and understand that, and understand clearly that the only thing that has changed when you are saved is your heart. The rest of you have not changed. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and lives in a body. Your body has no change. Your body has its own nature. What has changed is the heart. The body has its own nature. And therefore, if you don't pay attention to it, and because you are born again, everything is kosher, your body will disgrace you. Your body will humiliate you. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I said, your body will disgrace you. I said, I thought I was... You just finished speaking in tongues and you are going to fornicate. Yes, because there are two different things. Your spirit is new, but the flesh still has to fornicate. Hallelujah. So you have to be very careful to know what has happened. That even though I'm a new creature, this flesh hasn't changed. Hallelujah. You must understand salvation. You must understand what it means to be born again. Hallelujah. Until, you see, that's what Peter said, as newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the word. Until it comes to a point whereby your spirit is so mature, it can, it can control the body. That is the stage that Paul got to. When he said, I keep my body. I, I the spirit, I keep my body under. You understand? You understand? Let's say you are, let's say, you see, let's, uh, you, you are the spirit. Let me come to you. You see, you are the spirit. Who's stronger? Okay, you, you come. You see, initially, this is, this is your body, very big. And this is your spirit. You are now born again. Okay? You just got born again. And this, is, this body is there. Every time they go into battle, they fight. The body will defeat the spirit. Until a point will come. When the spirit becomes very grown and strong. By the reading of the word and church. And the help of the Holy Spirit. Now when the body comes, it can't. Eh? Who will defeat who? The spirit will now defeat the body. Hallelujah. So you must understand that it's a process. Are you hearing me? It's a process. Amen. So until you get to a certain stage, don't play with the body. The body is dangerous. It's not saved. Only the spirit is saved. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. So we have to be very careful. You have to understand being born again. Hallelujah. Yeah. Know that something has happened to you, but there are risks and dangers. So you don't expose yourself to certain things. You have a transplant surgery, don't go to areas of infection. Hallelujah. So, that is why, so the next thing you need to do after salvation is now, now you've gotten a new heart. And therefore, after, because you have the new heart, you must now 
or, or, or a new spirit. Basically, let's call it a new spirit. You have a new spirit. Now, because you have a new spirit, you must now desire to grow the spirit or strengthen the spirit. Church, are you hearing me? So, Jesus Christ. See, <clears throat> the next thing you need to do when you are born again, okay, he said, look, after you are born again, because you have received a new spirit, you must pray to God and ask him for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Who will have the ability to sustain your spirit? Amen. John 14. 15, I believe, yeah. John 14. John 14, 15. Or 15, rather. Okay, if you love it, keep your commandments. Next one. No, no, no. Give me a minute. Is it John 14, John 15? Should be John 15. John 14. I was right. Okay. I was right. John 14. Go there. You say 15, verse 15. 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Next verse. And I will pray. After you are saved. He said, and I will pray the Father. And he shall give you an what? He shall give you what? He shall give you what? When you hear the word another, what does it mean? There's one, there's two. Another. And that he may abide with you forever. So the first comforter is Jesus Christ. But say, after you are saved, and I'm going, I'll, I'll pray for the fact to give you another comforter. And this comforter, he's not going to go away. He will abide with you forever. This comforter, he doesn't go away. Because now you are a spirit. Hallelujah. Just like, if you go and, let's say you go and buy, um, let's say you go and buy a car or something like that. Because of the car that you bought, I think you are giving some manual, some instructions, some something to help run the car. Are you hearing me? I don't maybe, maybe that's not a good example. But when you go and buy, when you go back, so they do something to run with it. Without which it still will not work. Huh? Exactly. And God said, now that you have given you a new spirit, you need the Holy Spirit. So I will pray to the Father that He will send you the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And here, this is where the Amplified really gives us what the Comforter is. So that's why I wanted to show you the amp because like Bishop was saying, when you hear the Comforter, there's somebody, that you are, somebody who's standing by giving you tissues because you are crying. Oh, baby, don't cry. The Holy Spirit is not, not giving tissues. Hallelujah. This is what it means. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Comforter. Then he begins to explain because the Greek word is Paraclete. Paraclete or Paracleo. It means that he's a counselor. He's a counselor. It means, listen to me, after you are born again, pray for the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And one of the things that he, that he will counsel you. 
He's a counselor. He will guide you. Counsel, counsel. He will tell you this is wrong, this is right. Don't do this, don't go here. He's a counselor. And the Bible says that in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Before you make mistakes out of your life, you need the Holy Spirit to counsel you. Hallelujah. So, yes, you are an unbeliever. You get saved. God gives you a new heart or a new spirit. Now you have a new spirit. Now I say, Lalo, I need something to help you maintain your spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So ask for the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. One, he's a counselor. He will counsel you. Hallelujah. Number two, he's a helper. How many of you need help? How many of you need help? He will help you. He will help you. And let me tell you something. You can go as, how far you go, it depends on who is helping you. That's, that's life. Let me tell you something. How far you go, depends on your helper. How far you go. How far you go, depends on who is helping you. Hallelujah. You are handicapped without helpers. Hallelujah. That is why if Satan wants to attack you, sometimes he removes your helpers. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Church, are you hearing me? Yeah. Help. Because you see, there is no way if I want to touch here, the top of this thing, there's no way I can get there. The only way I can get here is start this and touch. Are you hearing me? For the only way I can reach this thing is to stand on this and touch. So if somebody wants to fight me and prevent me from getting there, he will not fight me. He will remove this. Once he removes this, I can't get it. Yeah. So when the devil wants to fight you, he will remove your helpers. Yeah. So he say he will help you. At the end of the day, how far you go depends who's helping you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hallelujah. So, the, so say, ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. Help you in your day to day. Holy Spirit, I need your help. That's why I'm giving, you see, you see I've, I've, make, I've made you new. And the way you can run your new life or what keeps you going is the Spirit. So ask for it. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not only for speaking in tongues. That's the least aspect of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Speaking in tongues is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit does more than make you speak in tongues. Amen. Christians, are you understanding me? So, it would be, you know, it would be, it would be to your shame or you will not do well as a new Christian if you don't ask for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because you need the Holy Spirit. Yes. He says, one, he's a comforter. Two, he's a counselor. Sorry, he's a counselor. He's a helper. Number three, he's an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor. What does it mean to intercede? It's to come in between. To change the course of events. When somebody is interceding, it means he comes in between. So, your life is going this way. You are praying, but he will come and change the course of events. Intercede for you. Intercessor. Hallelujah. He is an intercessor. 
He stands in the gap. He stands in the gap for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. He stands in the gap. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will stand in the gap for you. An intercessor. Somebody who stands in the gap for you. Hallelujah. He helps you. He provides he, he, he delivers you from going the natural ways. Look, I will help you. Intercede. Intercede. You see, and another way to that, intercession is like a flood, like something is coming. Then you, you, you raise a bar so that the flood doesn't come. Okay? okay? Or something is falling, then you put something there. Because if you don't put anything, it will fall on you. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you guys understanding me? So the Holy Spirit comes to intercede for you. Amen. Block some things. He, he comes to block arrows. You see? He comes to shoot an arrow. Fly the arrow. It is coming at you. Then he comes in the middle to divert it. Wow. Amen. We, should have, we should have it for the Holy Spirit. It means when the devil throws an arrow at you, he comes and swipes it away. Amen. He's an intercessor. He stands in the gap for you. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's like a shield. Because Satan is always accusing you. But he comes to intercede. He comes and stands in the gap. Hallelujah. An intercessor. Then, another thing, he's an advocate. Advocate. Advocacy. He's a lawyer. He said, advocacy means a lawyer. Advocate is a lawyer. And, and like my mother says, everybody, you need a doctor, a lawyer, and maybe a priest, but definitely a lawyer in your life. A lawyer, an advocate. The Holy Spirit is an advocate. Why do you need an advocate? Because the Bible says the devil is an accuser. The accuser of the brethren. You need an advocate. And let me tell you something. You need a lawyer. And the Bible says he's your spiritual lawyer. So that... Why, why, why do you need a lawyer? You see, you need a lawyer because... When you stand on trial, let me tell you something. As for guilty or not guilty, it has nothing to do, usually it has nothing to do with the crime. It has to do who is defending you. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! I mean the lawyers are here and they don't agree with me, but I don't know. Look! Let me go ask O.J. Simpson. If it doesn't fit, I quit. Look, at the end of the day, who is defending you is important. Hallelujah. That is why, why do you think the current, this current president is not afraid of any... This guy is so lawyered up. He has been lawyered up since he was a child. So as for Donald Trump, lawyers, he knows how to pick lawyers. So no matter any nonsense anybody brings, he doesn't care. Ah, he has always brought Giuliani. 
knows how to lawyer up. He knows exactly. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is your lawyer. Your lawyer. You see, and, and, and you know, because you see, sometimes Satan can bring a legitimate charge against you. That based on this charge, you are guilty of this and that. But he will defend, he will stand and, you see, yes, you put your, you see, because you see, lawyers are good at clauses. A good lawyer, when he's defending, you say, look, yes, my Lord, uh, 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 based on uh, uh, what, what he did, uh, this, uh, uh, yes, he went uh, to the market and, uh, the, uh, I mean, she pushed the woman and the thing fell down and there was, a, there was an incident, there was a commotion and there was a crowd there. But my Lord, uh, on section 2, article 3, based on this, uh, <laughs> it was self-defense, uh, uh, citing the case of Corona and Corona. <laughs> I can be a liar, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm married to one. I sleep with one every day, so I, I'm a liar by default. Citing the case of Corona and Corona, they will cite the case and not bring the reference. And so, and it, the same time you can be dismissed. That's a lawyer. It, it's, it's not that you didn't commit a crime, but they, they will find a way to defend you. Hallelujah. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is your advocate. So yes, you did a mistake. You did something wrong. And Satan said, because of what you did wrong, because of what you did right, you, are, you must get this disease, you must get this sickness. Must, then the, the Holy Spirit said, my Lord. Based, yes, you know, yes, she committed a crime. She did this. She was rude. She, she committed fornication. She lied. She's distancing. And she, her, her, her family was into occultism. That is true. Based on all that she does, but my Lord, based on 2,000 years ago, the death of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ, that child, my Lord. <laughs> yes. He said, God Father, based on the work of the Son, 2,000 years ago on Calvary, even though his father was into occultism, his mother was into abortion, and he deserved to die at 22, based on, because he has accepted the blood, and based on that which was done 2,000 ago, this child, my Lord, must be dropped. As a lawyer, discharge my client. And the Bible says, He's your lawyer. Hallelujah. He is your lawyer. Amen. Do you love the Holy Spirit? Do you love the Holy Spirit? Do you see why Jesus said that after you are born again, ask for the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Yeah. And then the next, the next one is what? Strengthener. 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 Let me tell you something. We are all weak. We are weak. How many here feel weak sometimes? I said, how many here feel weak sometimes? How many feel weak most of the times? How many almost every day you are feeling weak? <laughs> weak. New York can make you weak. New York can make you weak. <laughs> how, no matter how tough you think you are, the hustle and bustle of New York can weaken you. Hallelujah. We are weak. So he's your strengthener. He comes to strengthen you so that the things that are challenges to you, you can overcome them. We are weak. Brothers are weak. A lot of brothers are weak with lust. And they will admit. 
our sisters are weak with envy and jealousy, but they don't want to admit. <laughs> I'm preaching. I mean, a brother will not have a look. I have a weakness with lust. But a sister will never admit that I am jealous. That I'm, they will not admit. And, and let me tell you something. That's what I was going to say. Let me tell you something. You are, you see, you are in serious danger when you deny your weaknesses. Seriously. When you deny your weaknesses. Yes. That's like, you are actually a psychiatric patient. You have no insight. You acquire somebody, you don't want to accept it. You deny it. You are last to, but you don't want to accept it. You see, it is the most dangerous condition to be in. To deny your weaknesses. Yes. You must. You are lazy, but you don't want to accept it. You see, on, your road to recovery begins with your accepting your weaknesses. That's acceptance. Accept that I am this. Therefore, I need help. You know, you know like Bishop was saying, look, do you know how, let's say there's a rat here. There's a rat here. And then, I'm saying, there's a rat. And then she said, there's no rat. And I said, oh, there's a rat. And she said, there's no rat. Who do you think the rat will like? Ah, they'll say, amen, there's no rat. Say, there's no rat. Because the, 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 the denial of the rat makes them stronger. So they can multiply and attack in peace. So when I say there's rat, they say, oh. But when, I, when she said there's no rat, they'll say, amen. <laughs> that is why that's when you deny your weaknesses. The, the demons are happy. You are in great danger when you deny your weaknesses. Hallelujah. Rather, as you see, you need <laughs> and, 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 and all of us have weaknesses. Hallelujah. I say all of us have what? So accept your weaknesses and pray for the Holy Spirit to help you. And don't say it doesn't exist. Yes. He's the strengthener. In fact, one of the things that Bishop said that uh, actually, I have not thought about that really amazed me. He says, look, he said, even in marriage, one of the, if you're going to marry, one of the prayers that you should pray, when you're going to marry, pray that your partner will accept your weaknesses. Yeah. Pray that prayer. Pray that whoever you are marrying will accept your weakness. Are you hearing me? For example, if let me give you for example, if your weakness is you're not, you don't know how to cook, it's your weakness. Pray that the man you're going to marry will accept a woman who doesn't know how to cook. Because if he does not, if he does not accept 
A woman who cannot cook. So far as he is concerned, wife means a good cook. So if he cannot accept it, forget it. Are you hearing me? So rather your prayer, pray that whoever I'm going to live with will accept my weaknesses. Yeah. Pray. Because there are some men too, they don't care about food. They don't care about food at all. So if your weakness is food, it will not be a problem. But maybe they care about sex. So if your weakness is sex, hey, forget it. And there's some men who don't care about sex. Very few though. <laughs> Very few. But occasionally. Are you hearing me? Because your, your weaknesses. And pray about it. Pray about it that your wife, your husband, your boss. See, the person in charge of you does not care about your weakness. Because we all have weaknesses. But you see, because there are some places the boss doesn't care about how late you come to work. So long as you do the work. Because your weaknesses, you are not, you are not about on time. But you know how to do the work. But there's also, you can also go meet another boss who cares about where you come. Hallelujah. So, always pray that whoever I'm dealing with, Lord, help him to accept my weaknesses. Yes. I mean, there's some, listen to me. Pray. Even, even, even as a man. I say, man, there are some wives who don't care whether the man work. There are some ladies who don't care whether the man work or not. Oh, yeah. Some who don't care. Because I know a lady who said, he, he said in the local language, so, uh -huh, he said in the local language, he like, this husband, we wish you for greetings. Because the guy some handsome guy, when he wears a suit, heavy. So the wife said, look, I don't need you to work. You just wear a suit and follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that he says. He says that's telling me the the other the, 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 the guest said because the guest said I can the guest said the woman I can work, I can bring the money. You just wear your suit and your tux, work fashion. This is my husband. That's all. <laughs> yeah, but but there are some ladies. No 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 no. There are some ladies, especially in the Manhattan church here. <laughs> New York, New York. <laughs> that I should go to work. And <laughs> Ain't happening today. I don't care how handsome, how to, no, not, not in New York. Especially in QFC Manhattan. No, it will not happen. <laughs> no, tell me who's going to be handsome. <laughs> They'll tell you that PSCNG does not accept handsome. ATT does not accept handsome. Handsomeness does not pay the bills. You better get up and go and do some work. <laughs> yes. So pray. Hallelujah. Pray that the person will accept your weakness. And then accept your weakness yourself and pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. Don't deny your weakness. Yes. You like eating a lot. Accept it. That's the only I said that I like food. Don't say that, well, I don't really like food. Is this, this, this particular one was nice. No. 
every time, every time you saw, this is the first, every time, every time, when you're eating a lot of so, just um, for the first occasion. It's not, it's not, every, every time cannot be a first occasion. Hallelujah. Accept your weakness. Some of you like TV too much. Accept your weakness. That you are a TV addict. You are actually a TV addict. And what is, and what is addiction? Anything that you, if you, anybody who watches TV more than four hours a day, you are an addict. And any form of addiction will make you go down. Drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Addiction always ruins your life. Any addiction. If you watch more than, you are an addict. Just as if you are an addict. Whether you watch it continuously or intermittently, it's still addiction. And you cannot do well in life if you watch hours of television a day. Just like you can always do well if you smoke a amount of cigarettes. So accept it and pray for the Holy Spirit to help you. It's an addiction. Yeah. Oh, it's the news. Whether it's the news, whether it's Oprah, whether it's Jay Leno, it's still a screen. <laughs> Are you hearing me? And the final function of the Holy Spirit is to stand by. Stand by me as they sang. Stand by me. They sang at the royal wedding. Stand by me. Because the black people have come into town. Stand by me. The, the whites were very nervous. <laughs> stand by. And stand by, you see, stand by, as can I think it says, it's like the generator or the auxiliary gear. You see, stand by, you don't see it until an emergency happens. You understand what I'm saying? That's what you need to stand by. You don't see it. I mean, now the light is running, so we don't need But if the light is, we find out, ah, we need a standby generator. And the Holy Spirit is more like a standby. Sometimes, until you hit a block, then it jumps right in. Kenneth Hagan actually describes it as the fifth gear. He said when you are climbing, suddenly you hit, you can't go. Then you put in the auxiliary gear which is the Holy Spirit, to come and kick you up. Amen. And he says, stand by. And sometimes, let me tell you something. At our life, we come to a standstill. You know that, look, this thing has come to a standstill. This is how far I could go. And then that's when he comes in. That's what Paul said, when I'm weak, then thou art strong. When you hit that part of weakness, suddenly he comes in and takes you over. Amen. Church, so Jesus said, after you are born again, Pray for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Start up your feet and let's go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Kalima Shandoria Baba. Making Noria Mama Sandari Baba. Holy Spirit. Move me now. Yes, Lord. And make my life whole again. Spirit move. Spirit move over me. Spirit. Holy Spirit, move me now. Holy Spirit, 
It said, ask for the comforter, the helper. let's pray Father we thank you for the service we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit you said we should pray for the Father for the Holy Spirit and he'll give us the Holy Spirit Father I pray that continually we'll have the infilling of the Holy Spirit may we have the comforter on our side the strengthener on our side the advocate on our side the intercessor on our side. The standby. The standby. The standby. That we may not, so we, will, so we don't fall away. This morning, Holy Spirit, we can do nothing without you. We, we rely on you. We trust you fully. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every eye closed, this morning you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus? I'm talking about the new creation, greater love. He said, I will take away the stony heart and I'll give you a heart of flesh. The Bible says that the heart of the unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. And also, the destination, the destination of anybody who's not, who's not saved is hell. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So this morning, if you are not born again, you are not saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, I want to give you this opportunity. There's room at the cross for you. There is room at the cross for you. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, you are not born again. Please, young or old, lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Young or old? Young or old? Father, we thank you for this altar call. Thank you for salvation. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. And I thank you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.